0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, Hitting the gym or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Okay, hey, what's going on, guys? It's clocked in here with Jordan Edwards, and we have a very special guest today Fernando Jesus Valencia. He is the chief co creation officer of Adam Blinded. He started his entrepreneurial journey at 13 years old, developing film, and he created his first million dollar business at 21 years old by producing 7,500 events. He's a top student and trainer of integrity based human influence who has created, who has co created the story of Unblinded, which is a multi million dollar training and development company in under seven months with no paid advertisements. And a little, a uh, little fun one is his favorite superhero is Goku. So, Damn, Fernando, right. great to have
1: you. What's up, Jordan? Thank you so much for having and for everyone watching. Appreciate you. Thank you for tuning on. Uh, to this beautiful environment. So Jordan, what's up, man?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all here and um, I think we can kick it off with what
1: was your upbringing like and how did it affect your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, beautiful question. Uh, direct answer would be there was a strong correlation. You know, my family migrated from here in 1986 from Colombia. I'm first generation American born in 1991. And my family gave me a lot. They gave me love, empathy, compassion, a home, shelter, empathy, leadership, many things. One um, that, you know, may have not been as optimal uh, was financial literacy. The only arguments we would ever have at home were uh, bills, rent, and, you know, I remember being younger, fears of like divorce because of it, it never happened. My parents are still together, we're a loving family. But as a little boy, when mom and dad are yelling, you know, you think the worst. And I remember at a very early age deciding um, that that was not gonna be my reality. And it was definitely not going to be the reality for my children in the future. Nothing against my parents, simply something that I'm choosing to optimize on. And that was a catalyst for why I got a job at 13.
0: Yeah. And what was that? What would you start at 13? What were you doing there?
1: You know, I had an option. So I was, you know, right now I'm six foot three, 210 pounds. I wake up every day at five o'clock. I go to the gym. I stretch. I do yoga. I drink Cmos for like nutrient facts. I was not those things. Um, when I was 13, I was much shorter. Um, I was a chubster for sure. I was very timid. And my parents gave me like an option. You know, I was a freshman in high school and I had three options. Option A was to go home and play video games, which I loved secretly. Don't tell anyone. I still play with my nine-year-old nephew. We play like PS4 together. It is like my guilty vice, uh, but that like stays in the vaults. Um, and at that time, that, that wasn't really an option because I had this desire to make money change the world. And, you know, playing Crash Bandicoot wasn't really going to get me there, even though many people are making a fortune right now in the world of video games. Different story, different day. Option two was to go to school and play sports. And obviously, as a chubster, even though I played soccer my whole life growing up, getting hit by, you know, people bigger than me wasn't really my idea of fun. So that was out of the picture. And my third option was get a job. And I did. I got a job working at Julio Bulnes Photo Studio. Shout out to him, early mentor of mine, making $5 an hour developing film. And that was like my first job. I would get out of high school. I would take the bus, you know, 35 minutes, work five hours, take the bus back Monday through Friday. And then I would work events on the weekends.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, because for me, a lot of people went that sport route. And that's where I was curious because you, in your bio, mentioned that you accomplished at 21 years, eight, 20 years. 21 years old you accomplished a million dollar business so i mean we'll dive into that but it was just why i was curious why you wanted to go do something else instead of the video games like obviously everyone wants to make the million dollars or build that cool business but did you feel like you were making good strides at five dollars an hour starting off because it's very difficult and a lot of people are there
1: at 13 bro i was rolling i wish i felt as much of a baller as I did back then. Um, like now, you know, now I'm living a very healthy financial life, but damn, $5 an hour as a 13 year old, dude, like Warren Buffett had nothing on me. I was like, <laughs> rolling and go, you know, at that point, what are my expenses? Ice cream sandwiches at lunch? Like what the hell am I buying? Yeah, and I really yeah. had like two main motives, brother. Motive number one is, you know, I really wanted to buy uh, a fresh pair of Nike Air Force Ones because that's what was cool at the time. And number two, I had a really deep sensation to pay some bills for my family. And after the first month, you know, I was making three fifty a month. I was able to help on one bill. I remember the feeling, and I said, "I want to keep doing this." And obviously, I ended up making way more over time. Um, but being able to buy my Air Forces, which I did in month two, um, and like proving to myself that I can buy stuff like that was just a big deal at thirteen. And just knowing that I was contributing to something that was as important as it is to me now at this day, which was my family was a very driving force to like that whole action plan.
0: Yeah. And that's great. Cause what, if you got the people listening, what Fernando did right there is he found a goal, get the air force ones. And he also had a goal of giving, which was helping the parents pay the bills. And that's what kept him motivated. It's brilliant. So going from that point, how'd you go off and do your own thing?
1: So, first off, like my first introduction to sales was pretty awesome. Um, I obviously as a chubster, a shy, timid boy, sales was like not, I do not even know what, what it was, to be honest with you. I remember I had developed a process that, that took my job. My job used to take about six hours to do. I found a way to do it in an hour. And I was like, oh. well, it was a big deal. I was saving a bunch of time. I was like 14 at the time now. And I was like, man, and Julio, my mentor boss at the time, was like, hey, I, I think other people would pay you if you taught them how to do this. I said, okay. So there used to be this street in New Jersey called Bergen Line. Back in the day, it was film. You know, it wasn't digital. I, I was in that era. And I walked up and down, you know, Bergen Line. there used to be like 40 mom and pop shops. And over time, I remember in my first, and not my first day, but one of my early days, I had five people pay me a hundred bucks in one day to teach them my process. And I went from making 350 a month to 500 a day, I was mind blown, realized I'm 14 at this point now. And I was like, what? Then I started understanding leverage, I didn't know that I was selling per se. But I realized that I'd much rather make $500 in a day than 350 in a month. So I figured, let me double down on this. And that's what kind of led me to the world of, you know, enrollment sales, I ended up doing sales for Julio. At that point, we used to do a lot of private events, weddings, sweet 16s, quinceañeras, barn bar mitzvahs, and I started doing the sales meetings and I started earning you know, my, my my pay, which was like $7 an hour at 14. And I started getting commission for every appointment I would set, I'd get 50 bucks. For every sale, I'd get a hundred bucks and I get the opportunity to work that event, which was like another 250 on the weekend. So I was like, man, I'm getting paid to be here, which is like seven bucks an hour, whatever. I really like this commission thing. And I ended up, I remember brokering a deal with him. Now I was 15, I was like, stop paying me salary and give me more commission. And that's, you know, from that age, I I like stepped in to, I wanna be that world. And that obviously opened me up to business ownership, entrepreneurship, multiplication, hiring, duplication, et cetera. Um, But that first sales experience of making 500 bucks in a day, that was like, game on brother, I'm like doing this.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely phenomenal because it allowed you to see that there was more out there at such a young age. Now. A lot of people say that the five closest people to you is your net worth. Like if you're surrounded by millionaires, you're gonna become a millionaire. How are you doing this? Who do you surround yourself with? Obviously your boss mentor, but was there anybody else?
1: At that age, brother, um, no, besides, you know, my dad, my, my brother, who's like a second dad, who's like the epitome of integrity for me. Like, I'll just give you an example of what time integrity means to my brother. We wake up every day. At 6 a.m. or 6:15, well, we wake up earlier and we work out. 6 a.m., 6:15. We've been doing this for years. And the other day, uh, I was running late. So at like 6:14, I shot him a text and I was like, "Hey, I need five more minutes. I'm running late." He literally texted back and said, "Forget it. I'll see you tomorrow." That's how punctual, you know, he is as a person. So that's like stuck with me. And if you get to know me long enough, I, I'm not a fan of being late. If I'm going to miss something, I'm going to communicate it. I even acknowledged that I was late a few minutes today, three minutes to be exact, because I, I really value time integrity. I didn't have a lot of mentors back then as far as knowing what a mentor is now. Um, but, you know, funny, funny story. I was actually taking a walk with my girlfriend, Martha, the other day. And we, she's like, she has her own website, a podcast. She's growing a following known as the feminine fire. And we were discussing like, she you know wants to get women on her podcast. And we were like talking loving. And she jokingly said, yeah, you know, it's not like you can help me get people on. Cause everyone you hang out with is over 40 realize I'm 28. And I never realized it. But it's so true. Everyone in my life that's significant is much older. And I I guess I knew this because I I used to do that. Who you hang out with is who you'll be. And I guess I subconsciously did it. But I didn't even realize. I'm like, man, I hang out with a bunch of old people. You know, Adam's 42, Sean's 50. I love him. It's all joking energy. But everyone that I do business with, that I'm working with, I think there's only two people in my company as far as employees that are younger than me. Everyone else is older. So my whole life, I've always been the young guy wherever I was, and I kind of like it that way.
0: Yeah, because it allows you, because then you're just soaking in the information because they have so many years of wisdom, and you're compounding it into a quicker amount of time. So when you were going off into doing your own business, what was that actual business? Was it what you did at 14 to expedite it? Or what did you actually do to achieve the million dollars?
1: Yeah. So it was in the event world, not photography per se. So uh, 14 at 16, I did my first investment. I invested about 15,000, got camera equipment and I went from selling Julio as a photographer to selling myself. So now I was averaging 2000 to $2,500 an event. I was doing maybe 40 events a year, you know, do the math. It's a lot more than what I was making. Plus I was still getting sales on commission plus a mini salary. So I was like really banking doing decent, Medium to high five figures at the age of 16. And I enjoyed it. And that like became my next level of sales. And then my first endeavor in business was at 17. I was at a wedding at the Westmount Country Club. And I remember seeing a gentleman, his name was Izzy, on a microphone. And I was mind blown. Um, I didn't know what he was. I had gone to so many weddings, but for some reason he just stuck out. And I didn't realize what he was doing. What he was, he was a master of ceremonies, he was a host. And I was mesmerized, man. One, because I was like a short, timid boy still uh, on the chubbier side that I love being around people, but I always got to hide behind the camera. And this guy's like in front of everybody, hyping it up. He's like, everyone's running wild. He's like telling people to do things. Everyone's screaming. I'm like, I don't know what this guy is doing, but I want to do that. And I walked up to him, you know, said something funny. He said, hey, come to my office Monday. You know, I went, my dad drove me at the time. I didn't even have my license, so I couldn't drive on the highway. And I went into a 30-minute meeting. Three hours later, I walked out. I said, dad, I'm selling all my equipment and I'm going to come work for this guy. He's like, what are you doing? I was making all this money. I invested all this money. And I said, great. I don't want to be a photographer forever. I know that now. So let me just leave. It's, not, it's never going to be an easy time to transition. So I ended up transitioning into event production, event hosting, entertainment, all within the event space. And that's what I ended up growing. I ended up growing a you know multi-operational company at the age of 18. Um, I was doing six figures my first year in business. And then I ended up entering um, a partnership and I created my first million dollar company uh, in the event space, selling entertainment, videography, and photography for events at 21. I ended up merging. I had the third largest at that time here in New Jersey. I ended up merging with two companies that were larger than mine. And overnight, um, I had the largest event company here in New Jersey. And that's how I ended up transitioning. I had my first exit at the age of 23. So from 21 to 23, I produced maybe 45 to 5,000 of those events. Um, my companies were doing 1,500 to 2,500 a year. Uh, I was managing groups of 10. I had, you know, 100,000 in sales every month. And that was like my first full endeavor as business owner, even though I was still a business operator because I was working every damn week and every damn weekend. Wow. And were you still in high school at this point? or I graduated high school at 17. I had a 3.97 GPA. I got a full scholarship to New Jersey City University, um, which I finished with a 4.0 um, by the age of 23. So as I was in high school, I was already doing all this. Um, when I went to college is when I had my most success. I was also a very influential leader in my fraternity. Uh, in college, Talk Kappa epsilon, I ended up When I got there, we were 40000 in debt, not not recognized by nationals, and about to be kicked off campus. Four years later, we had the largest fraternity with 60 members. Second place had like 20. Uh, We were $50,000 in surplus. We were ranked third in the nation. And I personally had enrolled the most individuals um, in my college and fraternal history as far as my school. And um, anything I've ever believed in, I've always had a really magical way of growing and scaling, just like I'm blinded, just like my companies. So I had a really packed life Um, in my earlier 20s. I also uh, was very social, to say the least. Um, Now it's a little different. Um, If I can be home every weekend with my family, that's all I want to do. I hang out with three people, and I'm a lot more focused. Um, But I did do a lot at an early age, and I managed to juggle it fairly well.
0: And what, what do you think were some of those habits you had that allowed you to juggle the business while the fraternity, while doing well in school?
1: Man, if I had to reflect on that time, I'm so structured now. I definitely didn't have as much habits. I just yeah. had a lot of drive. I had okay. drive and I, wa- and I wanted it all. And I felt like I deserved it all and I can have it all. I can have my collegiate years. I can run my business. Um, you know, I will admit Um, my time with family did lack during that time, uh, things I'm not proud of now. Um, obviously something, my health wasn't where it is now. I wasn't waking up at five 30 drinking sea moss every day. I'll tell you that. So, um, definitely not habits, just a sick drive and desire to build and grow. I'm a lot more balanced and stable now. I'm still the same drive, just, um, a lot more structured, a lot more aware of what I am and what I'm not. Um, I have a lot more habits. I have a lot more team members in place. So it allows me um, to touch more things without putting out as much energy as I used to.
0: Yeah, I I love that because there's so many different things going on that if you don't have systems in place, it's very difficult to operate correctly. Sure. So when you exited your company, what were your thoughts? Because it seemed like you, when you tell the stories, they're just very, I saw the moment, I made the decision. You, You know what I mean? When you met the guy at 17, who was the speaker. I I saw the thing. I made the decision. How, where did that come from and what, what allowed that to really strive?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm glad you asked that question because when I tell the story, it sounds like, Whoa, amazing million dollars exit. Like this kid is crazy. Uh, It wasn't unicorns. It wasn't rainbows. It was actually the darkest time in my life. Um, It was the only time I would say that I was, you know, what we would define as depressed for about eight months didn't eat, sleep, drink, and it wasn't a choice of like, "Hey, I am ready to transition." It was more of a sitting in a meeting with my two partners, having a conversation with myself, saying, "I'm never going to do this again." And the reason is because my partners at the time lacked massive integrity. They were willing to lie to clients. They were willing um, to pay people less and charge people more, which meant less quality. They were willing to say I was going to be somewhere and send more novice talent, um, and nothing like ego-wise. I'm a very talented person. And when people expect this level of professionalism, of energy and someone else shows up, nothing against that other person. We're just not the same when expectations are like expected. So all those things factored in um, and I was the face of it. I'm the guy that grew it. I'm the guy everyone knew. And I had options. Option A was to break my morals, lack integrity and you know make a lot of money, which I was making really beautiful money at that age. And option B um, was to leave. Uh, a decade year old business that I built over time that I loved. That was my entire identity. And I did. And the truth is I didn't know what I was going to do. I had absolutely no clue, which was now that I've had time to reflect and I'm much more complete with it. The greatest pain was that I lost my identity. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't just lose my job. I thought I was going to be the greatest entertainer in America. That, that's who I was getting to be. I couldn't be the furthest thing from that now. And I have such a better life. You know, back then at 23, I'm 28 now. That was life ending. That was game over. So it was eight months of recreation, figuring out what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I stepped into the world of personal development that um I ended up opening up a new door that's created the future I have now.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Uh the same thing with Edwards Consulting. So what we do with consulting is it's got five pillars. There's mental health, physical health, community service, philanthropy, family, friends, and spirituality and one of the biggest misconceptions people new to the new to the workforce or new to anything just a lot of people have this issue where they identify their success and their achievement with their job and they go i am a firefighter or i am a cop or i am a teacher and it's like no we're much more than that we're we're well-versed individuals and i see that you're very well-versed in this time so what what happened in personal development, and
1: then we'll dive into unblinded. Yeah, man. Um, So even though I went to college, I was very academically successful. I never read a book. I didn't have to. I actually never bought textbooks in college. Fun fact. And I still got a 4.0 GPA. I also missed a lot of school. That's a whole other conversation. I always tell people I was not the smartest at all, but man, was I good at the game of college. I was freaking phenomenal. And that's how I got to where I was. And I never picked up a book that I didn't have to. I read like Harry Potter and Huckleberry Finn in like high school, but never like a book. So I ended up picking up my first book. It was a gift from a fraternity brother called The Secret. And when I read it, it was mind blowing, not only because of the of the context and the book for the first time in a long time, I felt like I wasn't weird and I wasn't alone because I had already been doing all that. I just didn't have language. I didn't know I was visualizing. I didn't know I was doing positive affirmations. I didn't know I was practicing the law of attraction. I didn't know. I was just being Fernando. And I was like, man, there's language. There's people. I'm not like, I'm not weird. I'm still weird, but I felt less weird. And I was obsessed just like everything else in my life. And that first year I went from reading zero books to reading 57 that one year. And then um, since then I've physically read over 300. I've consumed over a thousand through Audible and other digital means. And I have really driven deep into the world of personal development, and because of my love and my passion for it, I recreated another event company primarily focused on personal growth and development. So what that gave me access to was proximity to be a speaker, to be a host at these events, at these seminars, to manage them, to produce them. So I got to travel the world in not only like the physical world, but also the world of personal development and just meet people, connect, understand what's now known as the knowledge business, understand the seminar business, understand how the sales, the marketing, all that worked. And uh, it was a beautiful life. I enjoyed it. I did it. I built an influencer marketing company at the same time. It was not a million-dollar company. It was a high six-figure um, figure company, but I built it in two years this time. So, I did it much faster. And that was like my second identity. I owned an event company in personal development, an influencer marketing company, eventually to get to a point where I was hanging out, you know, with all the cool kids, you know, name drop, you know, all these people with millions of followers and blue check marks. And I realized it was fake. You know, the Lambos were fake. The girls were fake. The lifestyles were fake. The relationship with family was fake. Um, It was fake. And I don't want to, you know, name names, but a lot of the people that, you know, these young generations idolize, they're fake. And I felt once again, out of integrity, building fake people or promoting fake things, And once again, I was like, okay, um, this time I'm not going to just leave completely because it's all mine, my business. And I kept traveling the world of personal growth and development. Eventually, it led me to Business Mastery with Tony Robbins. Um, I actually ended up meeting Tony Robbins' personal photographer on the streets of Newark. Different conversation for a different day. He had me as his guest um, to Business Mastery, which got me beautiful access to sit with the Platinums and the Lions, um, people that pay... $125,000 125000 to a quarter million dollars to be in Tony Robbins Inner Circle. And overnight, I was hanging out with him. And that's where I met Sean uh, two years ago, January of 2019. And um, we've created a lot since then.
0: Oh, that's a phenomenal story. And I love how you keep this integrity of we're, not do- we're doing the right thing. We have to keep it that way. And that always is a priority over money, success, or deemed success whatever you deem it, but it allows you to keep your straight and narrow. And I think that draws people to you in the correct direction. So what happened with Sean and how did you guys get to unblinded?
1: So the concise version of that story is yeah. every time I would join a, a new ecosystem, which before meeting Sean, I didn't call it or think of it as that, um, huge difference between networking and ecosystem merging. This is what people pay us thousands of dollars to teach Uh, what I would always do is say, Hey, you know, who should I meet? Who should I meet? And I went asking a bunch of people and a lot of roads led to Sean and I was like, all right, I'm going to meet this guy, this Sean guy. And uh, I ended up being at a, at a private, very small event, 40 people right before business mastery became all, you know, the who's who in that group. And Sean was there. And I was like, I'm going to go meet this guy. I'm going to go up. I'm going to talk to him. And like, and I was going to be Fernando. Fernando had, you know, definitely wasn't shy at that point. And I walked up to him, boom, started talking and I remember him like looking at me like, like this, like on the side. And I was like, oh, look at this guy, you know, super wealthy, probably doesn't want to be talking to me, young guy. And I just kind of like let the meeting end. And I remember driving home, just disappointed, man. Just like, what are you doing, Fernando? Like, what are you doing? Since when do you get in your head and all this? And I was like, this is not the way it's going to be. I'm going to try again. And I knew I had business mastery. I don't want to for, ruin for everyone. So I'll keep this short you like get into a team and you build a business. And I said, no matter what happens, I'm going to be on Sean's team. And lo and behold, I wasn't on Sean's team. So I left my team, I walked up to Sean's team and I said, hey guys, I'm Fernando. I'm going to get the meetings together. Give me all your numbers. I'm going to create a WhatsApp group right now. Somehow they all listened. I got all their numbers and I called Sean all day uh, with no answer until like 1245 at night, I get a call. Hey, we're in my hotel room working on the business for tomorrow. Do you want to come? I was already in freaking PJs. I was like, yeah, dude, I'll be right there. Drove over. We ended up staying there till like five in the morning. And that's also when I realized that Sean's legally blind. And when we were actually having our first interaction and he was looking at me to the side, he was actually trying to give me his full attention because he can only see from the sides. So for everyone, you know, that was a really beautiful lesson God gave me of like not assuming and not thinking and not belittling myself. Because when I thought Sean wasn't giving me attention, um, he was doing the complete opposite. He was giving me his full attention and I just had no idea. And I obviously was not present because I didn't even know the freaking guy was blind. And that began our relationship. You know, luckily proximity became available. His office was 20 minutes from where I lived. I started going to seminars We started building a relationship. Months later, Adam Gugino comes in the picture. I'm in the picture, Sean's in the picture. And we launched and blinded on January of
0: 2020. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. And that just gives everyone the idea to understand that you have, it's, you can't get stuck in your own head. You gotta, you gotta go with your heart and you can't get stuck in your own head. And a lot of people do this when they go out and meet people or it's a new experience or a new job. But Fernando just gave a great example of where he kind of made a little fool and he redeemed himself, but it's amazing that you, you can't make assumptions. You got to really get to the ground and understand what these people are trying to do. Yeah. So let's just discuss it real quick. What's unblinded and then has unblinded given you the fulfillment and the integrity that you've been looking for?
1: The direct answer, Jordan, is yes. Uh, what is unblinded? Uh, we're a company that co-creates fun, simple, magical micro distinctions and frictionlessness that free, uh, exponential abundance in your money, time, and magic, which is a fancy way of saying we teach influence. Uh, our company is built on a formula that Sean has created over 23 years, spent millions of dollars, thousands of hours, um, and he's built a beautiful business, multiple businesses using this formula. And what I've loved about it is that it's literally called integrity-based human influence. Now, I'm a very you know scholastic and now academic individual. I am certified in NLP Dale Carnegie, spin selling, straight line persuasion, um, tons of different modalities, none of which I really associated with, because every single mechanism from Jeffrey Gittimer, and I love all these people, um, all their mechanisms of sales always had an undertone of manipulation. And I just couldn't vibe with it. And when I met Sean, and I would listen to him talk, I was like, this guy's weird. He's different. He just sounds different. And I didn't know why. And I was intrigued because my ear was tuned to this. I have a deep compassion um, to stand with people, to be able to communicate with them. I you know, I would claim to be, or better said, people would claim I am a very effective communicator because of my ability to listen, put words together, convey messages. And Sean impressed me. And I decided to like work through and say, hey, what is this? I dove deep. I became a full student of the formula. I stopped reading. I stopped learning. I said, I'm going to do this. And what I loved about it is that I saw my future in it. You know, I had built a company, um, through referrals. I had built a company through digital means. I had never built a company through ecosystem merging and proof is in the pudding. You know, I built a, a hefty, you know, $2 million business in 10 years, um, which is my event company. And in six months I built a multi million dollar company with no advertisement, literally no Google ads, no Facebook ads, no social media, no like promoting posts, no writing blogs, no LinkedIn, none of it. I've built it all. Literally, if you look at my social media, I haven't posted in months and I've done it all through this formula ecosystem merging. And now I'm running 90 speaking engagements a month. I have accountants, lawyers, and professionals lining up to do speaking engagements with me. I've done over 300 huddles every morning. We have thousands of students within our formula. We have 50 partners that we're building across the world from Canada, England, different niches in different places. And our goal is not to be like Tony Robbins, which we love. He's a mentor to Sean and a mentor to me. Our goal is not to be speakers in front of hundreds of thousands. Our goal is to create a platform and a technology for people so that they, aka you, can speak in front of 100,000, 1,000, 10,000, and 10 people. And that's what we've built. And we've built it on a formula that's three parts that's rooted in integrity and loving people. And brother, as far as my money, time and magic is concerned, financially, I've been in better places, yet I've never been more fulfilled with how I'm making money right now. And I'll be making more than I ever dreamt of in less than six months. And that's not a hyperbole. That's a fact. As far as my time freedom, if you were to ask my girlfriend, my parents, my niece, my nephew, my dad, All of them would say, I have a beautiful relationship with them. I'm always present. And they feel like they get all the time they need from me. Mind you, I work 5.30 to 8 Monday through Friday. So my time freedom is beautiful because I don't work that because I have to. I work that because I know that I'm going from arduous to abundance. I call it conscious imbalance. I am building a startup faster than I've ever had. And I have more magical moments than I've ever experienced. I just took my family well, I didn't take my family. We went to Ithaca, New York. Family vacation is our third year. And I had you know, the privilege and the opportunity to invest in renting two boats. I saw my dad drive a boat for the first time. I had my mom in a tube in the middle of Lake Seneca. She flipped over and we all laughed at her. I saw my nephew, who's nine, put this boat as fast as possible and go crazy and almost like hit a, what are those people, those sailboat people. And like, that's magic. That's why I do the things I do. So am I fulfilled with what I'm doing? Yes. Am I making money attached with my legacy? Yes. Do I have the time freedom and the power to duplicate myself out of everything I'm doing? Yes. Am I creating magical moments? Yeah. And for everyone, here's a disclaimer. I'm not the wisest. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the richest. I am not the most experienced. I'm not all those things. I'm really not. And a lot of you watching have and will have more than I will ever dream of. What I do have is this, it's a lifestyle I've created around what I consider magic, around the people that matter the most to me, and my priorities are effing straight, and I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: I love that, Fernando, that was incredible. And the magical moments, I really like that highlight because it's not just about, oh, I got this deal and we signed a bunch of people up for this event. It's more of what you're doing and you have the ability to do these while in a startup, which is a very rigorous environment. So just what the ecosystem merging. So you're, can you just elaborate on that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. So our formula is based on a three-part system. It's called self-mastery, influence mastery, process mastery. The biggest issue, and this is just a pre-frame to answer the question is that most technologies, most masterminds, most trainings are incomplete because they're lacking one of the three. If they're about vision board, beliefs, all that, that's self-mastery. That's what we most people would call personal development. If then you're then learning you know, sales, communication, influence, you're lacking those two components. And then the third is process. It is like the map, the machine, the systems that generate marketing and ecosystem capital influence is your ability to get them from hello to yes and have them see their future in you. And self-mastery is like getting yourself to wake up every day at five o'clock to have a conversation with Sean and Adam, two founders at 5.30 in the morning. Most people would not like to have a conversation with their founders Monday through Friday at 5.30. I don't want to either, Sean. I don't wanna do that, Adam. My self-mastery allows me to do so. And I know I'm doing it for a reason. So this three-part formula, what we're gonna talk about to answer your question, Jordan, is process mastery, and we measure seven things. This is how we grow our business. So if everyone's like, "Formula sounds complicated," it's not. Stop it. It's not. It's seven things. This is all I do. I do seven things, and I used to do a lot more, like Facebook ads, running posts, email campaigns, um, trip campaigns, CRMs, um, Google ads, you know, networking events. I used to do a just a lot of things. Now I do seven. Number one. I count how many ecosystems I connect with. Number two, I measure the quantity and quantity of my stages and microphones. Number three, I measure the quantity and quality of my sales meetings. Number four, I measure how many of those sales meetings I'm going from hello to yes with. Number five, I make sure I always have optics on my disposable income, which is a huge difference between revenue, net profit, and disposable income. Number six, I measure how much I'm giving back in contribution with my time and money. And number seven, I measure how much fun I'm having. Those are the buttons and levers that I pull. That's all I've done for seven months to build a business I've done today. And if I had one wish, I wish I can have the little stick from Men in Black that erases people's memory. Not so they forget who they are, so that I can erase the way people think they need to grow companies. Because joining Facebook groups, you know, trying to do an evergreen webinar, all those things are amazing. I've used ClickFunnels. I've been very successful in them. They're not, for the most part, they're not super scalable long term. It's very difficult to duplicate on demand. And you don't own a lot of it because if Facebook or a funnel or something changes, you lose it all. Here, when you build your own ecosystem merger network, when you have just one ecosystem, a true one, you'll make more money than you ever have in your life. If you just had one ecosystem merger, most people have zero. Rich people have one to two. Wealthy people have five plus. At blinded where we are, is that a very healthy place of ecosystem merging. And we do it through the measurement of those seven things. And I'll pause there, because if not we'll jump into like a 45 minute training session. So back to you. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, I like it, I like it. So it's just combining ecosystems. I I mean, it's brilliant because you could sit here and start a new business and you wanna do Facebook ads or there's so many ways to spend money on marketing that you get overwhelmed, confused, and you might do nothing Or you might spend your money in the incorrect direction. So I think it's brilliant. It's a really cool idea. And Fernando, it's really good. Now, I have two more questions. Um, One of them you said when you were younger, it was your drive and you still have that drive. But what motivates you each morning to get up here
1: and get after it? Outside of my family, which I can sit here and cry with, um, what pulls me is... You know, my mission, you know, what God, I believe, has told me to live purposely for. And it has gone through many iterations. And currently it's two words. Um, My mission, my why, why I wake up every day is to rewrite humanity. And what that means to me is that I want to rewrite the way humans see themselves, humans see each other, and humans see themselves on the planet. I'm doing it through a mechanism called peoplefication, which is the monetization of human effort um, through integrity and love. And it's the game I play every day. And I love this game. Um, it's fun. It's inclusive. It's integrous. It helps others win. Others get to transform. And I get to create financial time and magic abundance. And that's what pulls me because I know every day I wake up that that's the game I'm playing. For a lot of you out there, the reason why you don't feel this is because you haven't created the standards of engagement for your life. I know what I have to do to be successful. It may not happen according to plan, but it's nice to know that I know who I'm talking to, why I'm doing it, how I'm going to do it, and what to do today because of my self-mastery and my zone action. When I check off those boxes every morning before 5.30, yeah, I can work all day confidently because I have optics. I know what I'm doing. And it's because of the formula. It's because of what Sean has taught me. It's because of his mentorship. I'm blessed to be his protege. And it's because this formula works. And I just love the fact that I get to share it with all of you. Yeah, and you're in such a giving state, and you sound like
0: you're in such a beautiful state. And I'm, I'm really happy for you. It's, it's awesome to be around that. So what is one thing you give away to the listeners to say, hey, if, you, if we're struggling or depressed or in a bad state, what do you think is one thing that they could do to really change that
1: around? Yeah, you know, Sean taught it best. When we feel overwhelmed, it's because of two basic, I don't want to say basic, but just two primal human fears, fear of rejection and fear of failure. And when those things show up, it's because we don't know what to measure. So like there's a science to the formula and then there's an art, there's a yin, there's a yang, there's like logically getting it and then the emotions that come with it. It's not like it takes a long time to decide. Um, Making a decision takes an instant. Choosing to decide takes a long time. So what I would say for everyone is, what are you counting? What are you measuring? And here are seven things for you. When I feel overwhelmed, because I do, it happens. I think, what what, what are the seven levers and buttons can I pull right now that will make the greatest difference? Can I talk to more ecosystems? Can I rise the quality or quantity of my stages? Where are the quality and quantity of my sales meetings? How many of them are saying yes? Where's my disposable income? Where's my contribution and how much fun I'm having? When I feel overwhelmed, I have an anchor. I look, it's on my board. I assess it. My team sees it. The overwhelm goes away because overwhelm equals not knowing what your zone action is. Zone action equals the most effective use of your time. And all of us, including you and all our viewers, you drive yourself crazy when you just don't feel like you're doing the most effective thing. When you have a process, you have the self-mastery and the influence mastery. have others say yes. That goes away. It's not in an instant, but I promise you that it is. And if you're interested on in being around it, being exposed to it, um, I'd love for you to join our huddle. We do a Monday through Friday. Um, they're completely free. We're about to cross our year mark. We've done close to 365 of them. We have thousands of people from dozens of countries that tune in every single morning. It's a 30 minute experience. And you can join us at the UnblindedHuddle.com. Um, and it's a beautiful place to start your day, get exposed to what we're doing. Sean, Adam, and myself, we're on there every single morning. I think between Sean and I, we've missed maybe four, um, but it's never not happened since we started. We're committed to it. It's a beautiful movement. It's a heart-centered place where people come together to learn influence and change their lives and work together. And I'd love to invite you, Jordan, and anyone watching to take part in that.
0: Yeah, definitely will do. I've actually joined a couple of them because they give you Email, text notification. so it's really convenient. And if you look at it, you just click the Zoom link and you're in there right away. And they have a lot of interesting people on there, so I would definitely join that. We can put that uh, link in the description for the podcast for sure. Um, Fernando, I really appreciate the time. You are something else. It's really awesome to see you um, and hear about all your success, especially with Unblinded, and just having you on Clocked in. We Appreciate it. Anything else you got to say or we're good
1: to go. Brother, thank you. Uh, thank you for all you know, your viewers. Thank you for whoever's still watching this video right now. I appreciate you. you know, please continue to stay in contact with Jordan. You know, He's connecting with awesome people. He's committed you know, to bringing you the right content, integrous content, connecting you with the right people. We have a lot of options. And uh, out of those options, Jordan seems like a great one. So Jordan, thank you for extending your platform. I can't wait to see you on ours, our Real Raw next Thursday at 3 p.m. Um, and I'm grateful. So I hope that whatever words I shared, I didn't share them to tell a story. I share them as a example of possibility. And I hope that any of you watching take it that way. I love you guys. And I hope to see you and merge with you in the future
0: awesome thank you i really appreciate it fernando thank you for listening to the entirety of the podcast if you enjoyed it, which I hope you did, I'd really appreciate if you leave a five-star review and subscribe as we're going to keep putting out better and better content. If you want to keep up with us and who's going to be a guest and who's going to be on the show, follow me at at Jedwards559 on Instagram. It's J E D W A R D S five five nine on instagram i really hope you guys keep clocking in and you learn some valuable information from this podcast and i hope to see you again soon everyone have a great day thank you for reaching the end of the podcast for that we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with edwards consulting hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in